In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and we're two weeks into 2019. So I'd like to thank all our returning listeners for making us such a success in 2018. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what we're about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact digitalization and globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download us. We're on iTunes and Google Play. In November 2018, we're in the fourth position on iTunes because in this series, you can get great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and probably even could be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to get a mail from you. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, and if you're a professional or business person with a passion or an expert on a business subject, reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. As I said, we do have a worldwide audience. But even if you don't want to be a guest, and if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a subject that's very, very current today. As we're currently in the fourth industrial revolution, and we're facing the rapid change in the way we work and the kinds of work we do. Now, our workforce is experiencing some of the changes, more changes than ever, driven by economical transformation, new technologies and automation, a global economy, which we talk about quite often here, and changing consumer consumer behavior. And we're finding that we as leaders and we as employees have to be prepared to face the challenges of future. We have to build new kinds of organizations and jobs that will support the 21st century workplace. Now, today's ecosystem, employment ecosystem, enables people to learn new skills, be protected, feel connected to one another, resulting in kind of a new freedom of choice when it comes to work. And this choice is resulting in more and more freelance positions. It's expected in the United States that freelance positions will make up the majority of the workforce by 2027. And worldwide, this trend has already started. We have seen this in the United Kingdom, France, 
and Netherlands, freelance growth has outplaced overall employment growth. The number of freelances in the EU28 doubled between 2014, making them the fastest growing group in the EU labor market, according to the Association of Independent Professionals. And this is what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about the emergence of this freelance workforce with an expert. Our guest today is Jill L. Ferguson, and she's an award-winning writer, artist, a business and higher education consultant, a serial entrepreneur, and a former professor and higher education administrator. She is the author of eight books and has written for the Washington Post, Huffington Post, and more than 200 other magazines, newspapers, and websites. And she is the author of Creating a Freelance Career. Now, Jill believes that most freelancers have had to learn by trial and error, and I can agree with that because I've been there. And freelancers do all kinds of work, artistic, journalistic, technical, and motivational. But despite their differences in the subject areas, the majority of freelancers were not trained on how to run a successful freelance business, and Jill's going to tell us about that. In creating a freelance career, Jill covers everything anyone needs to know about embarking on a freelance career. Her book is filled with proven strategies, helpful exercises, insights from real-life professionals. It's an indispensable guide, and I have to agree with that because I've read it, and it's fantastic. And it helps you get on an exciting new career path. And Jill also shares insights about how the emergence of freelance careers are changing the workforce that we are facing today. So, Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. So, Jill, let's just start out with a simple question. What, What drove you to write this book in the first place? So, a number of things. First, I've been writing for publications since I was age 12, and I started my first business at age 18, and I, though I read all kinds of self-help books and I took classes on how to get published and all this, I, I really didn't, wasn't trained in how to set up a freelance or a self-employed business. Um, so that's the first thing. Number two, I was a professor for 13 years, and I um, was an academic chairperson at a conservatory of music, and I taught in a school of business at a Catholic university. And I was seeing my students needing to be very entrepreneurial with what they were going to do um, and realized that they didn't have the skills or the training to necessarily know how to jump in and do this successfully. So that's kind of the background of of my personal experience of why I wrote the book, but also, as you said earlier, um, in let's use 2016 as an example, 53 million Americans um, categorized themselves as freelancers, and whether that was part-time or full-time, um, you know, d- there that was a mix, but there's this huge trend of people going into self-employment, um, and so that's why I thought this book was so valuable. Mm-hmm. And and you've you've been a freelancer for most of your career life. I mean, you've been a professor, obviously, also when you taught. But on the side, were you doing freelance work most of the time? Yeah, All, I, yeah. I have always had either, e- even when I was full time employed, I've always had a side gig and other businesses. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've le- I've learned a lot of this through trial and error and through experience. I've worked with a lot of um, other people, helping them deal with their career stuff. Um, and yeah, so that yeah. Yeah. that's exactly right. And so let's it's just before before we go into how we do this, let's just talk about this trend. Um, because I've been reading, you said 53 million in 2016. Um, I know here in, in Europe um, that we've, I've quoted between 2000 and 2014, it's, it's like the growest, uh, the fastest growing um, employment in Europe. So why, why do you think this is happening? Okay, so there, there's a number of reasons. Number one, um, there's corporate downsizing and outsourcing. Um, that has affected the growth of freelancers. There are people who have retired and who need more income in their retirement so that they're using that the skills that they've learned over the course of their careers um, to help them launch out on their own. Or they're doing what they had always wanted to do but either didn't feel like they had the resources to do or the opportunities um, it's so kind of as a second or third or fourth career. Um, there's also a lot of people that just have decided they want more freedom in their work. Now, whether that's freedom in their work environment, like they'd like to be able to work from anywhere and maybe travel and be a digital nomad and still work, um, or whether that means they just want to be their own boss and have more control over who they work for and with and the kinds of projects that they do. So I, th- I think that that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And and when you're talking about, I just want to stay with a couple of these groups for a minute. So we have we have the baby boomers who gone through their careers and and they've retired and now they're coming out and and I mean we're all so much younger today. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we want to work longer, and so you see that group working. Mm-hmm. Um, what about I, what about because you've done a lot of uh, writing also in your other books on on leadership for women. What about women? Because I've seen a huge trend in some of the the gender um, research that I do on on women moving in to freelance work because it's easier to balance the family. It's easier to control things. Are you seeing that? Yeah, well, I am seeing some of that. Um, And some of it's more like they've always had a desire to do something. And now they're in a place where they can explore that desire to, to either uh, work full-time or part-time as a freelancer or somebody who's self-employed or doing something entrepreneurial. Um, and my book has examples of, um, I think about 50% of the examples, maybe a little more in the book. Um, cause there are 25 case studies in the book of people who have set off on their own freelance adventures. And, um, at least 50% of them are women, mm-hmm. maybe some more. Um, and they're doing all, all kinds of different things. And they talk about how they get into it, whether it's I have a need and I suddenly need to support myself and my kids because I no longer have a partner or, um, or I really, really, really wanted to do X. And so that I decided to jump in with that. Or I want to make some extra money on the side. So I'm running these side gigs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we yeah. look at places that have Uber has commercials um, that run all over the place that have, you know, the mom dropping her kids off at school and then driving for Uber during the day to make money to take the family on a ski trip. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so there's all kinds of reasons why people go into, and women in particular, go into freelancing. Yeah. 
and and what what about the the other parts? So we have the women, we have the baby booters, mm-hmm. boomers. Um, what about the the generational changes? I mean, with the changing attitudes towards work. Um, now, you know, you could say the millennials had started this, but I'm seeing also with the Generation Z, um, they have more of a tendency to want to be their own boss. Um, and are you seeing people coming out of the universities um, wanting to, to immediately start their own businesses or, um, or be a freelance work? I, I think there's two groups of people that are coming out of universities right now. There's the ones that have seen... That, that they know about the economic downturns right in 2000 and 2008, and they've seen their family struggle. So they are almost old school in the fact that they need to find a job, get a job, and, and work with a company, and then maybe do their thing on the side that they're interested in. Or there's the other side of that where I've, I see about the other 50% of uh, the millennials and the Generation Z um, who decide that, no, I don't want to work for, you know, the man, whatever that means to them. <laughs> and and I want to create my own thing because by creating my own thing, not only do I have control over it, but I can also make my career very multifaceted and follow all of the interests that I have. Um, and there, there's an arc or there's a survey that was done by Fresh Start that says by 2020, which isn't that far off, uh, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. Um, that 42% of all millennials will be self-employed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that I can picture that, and it makes sense, you know, um, with this change in work attitudes. That's a, really, that's, a, that's a really interesting figure because when you think of millennials, you know, you might think of the retired baby boomers being in the higher percentage because now they've done their careers, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty high number, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the baby boomers are there too. I mean, the the working baby boomers, um, ones that are still in the workforce that have retired and then gone back to work, there's a really high percentage of them yeah. that are self-employed also. Yeah. Okay. So, the, so those are the trends we're seeing, um, Jill. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I I, I want to move away from the trends and start to talk about, you know, if you really want to be a freelancer, how do you do it? And and you've talked about your experiences and your books full of great tips. And I want to kind of go into some of the, the ideas that you have to share with our audience when we get back. Um, but for, for now, we're going to take a quick break. And for our listeners, we are speaking with Jill L. Ferguson. She's an award-winning writer, artist, business, and higher education consultant, a serial entrepreneur, and a former professor and higher education administrator. She is the author of eight books and has written for the Washington Post and Huffington Post and has written in over 200 magazines, newspapers, and websites. And we're talking today about her most recent book, Creating a Freelance Career, and how freelance careers are changing today's workforce. If you'd like to get a hold of Jill, you can reach her on her website, jillferguson.com. You can go to LinkedIn. She's under Jill slash L slash Ferguson and also on Facebook under Jill L Ferguson. And on Twitter, you can tweet her at JL Ferg. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, leadership expert and business expert. You can contact me with questions at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Border. And today we're talking with Jill L. Ferguson, an award-winning writer, artist, business consultant, and she is the author of Creating a Freelance Career, Um, a great book, a great subject. It's available on Amazon. And Jill, before before the break, we talked um, a little bit about what what the trends are, okay? Um, So I'd like to kind of go into your book a little bit. So let's talk about actually the trends are becoming freelancer, but it's difficult for everybody to become a freelancer. What, what are some of the challenges people face? Um, some of the challenges that people face as a freelancer are that you have to find your own clients. Um, nobody sets your schedule or tells you where you have to be, so you have to be very disciplined and um, you know set your own schedule. Um, you have to be in charge of filing your own taxes and doing... Um, doing your retirement planning and maybe even depending on where you live, being in charge of your own insurance. Uh, You have to understand how to do so many things such as how to keep books or do your design, your website, search engine optimization, how to market yourself and public relations, unless you can afford to hire other freelancers to do those things. You also need to understand contracts and negotiations and realize that when you work for yourself, oftentimes your work life and the rest of your life don't feel very separate from one another. 
uh, and your business and success and failure will depend solely on you. So for some people, that's very, very daunting. Um, you'll have uh, a lot less security. You could feel socially isolated if you work from your home. Um, that's why a lot of people move to uh, co-work spaces or work at a local Starbucks or coffee shop. Um, and the other thing is, is that you may be easily distracted if you work from home. Um, you know, those of us that have pets, sometimes the pets mm-hmm. get kind of demanding or children <laughs> get demanding. Um, so those are some of the drawbacks and some yeah. of the challenges. Um, so let's just to, to talk about that a minute. So if, if I wanted to start out as a freelancer and I just wanted to, you know, what would be the first thing you would suggest I would do? Okay. Well, it depends what kind of freelancing you want to do, right? Because if you, if you just want to, something that's not too taxing and you want to make money as a side gig, you know, there's all kinds of like pet walking services or driving for Uber or babysitting or other kinds of things that you can do as a self-employed person. Um, the, if you want something that say is a more kind of skilled freelance um, field, like you want to become a consultant or some kind of coach or you want to be a self-employed artist or music producer, then I would say the first thing you need to do is get yourself set up with a website um, mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, the, the other thing is you need to figure out what people are charging in your industry so that you understand what your rates should be. Um, and you're going to have to set up a business entity of some kind, and that may change depending on where in the world you live, what that looks like, and how that you go about doing that. So you really need to get your brain wrapped around the fact that I am forming a business mm-hmm. and set it up as a business. Mm-hmm. And and in your book, you 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 help you guide people through this somewhat. So step by I mean, step, I, yeah. step by step. So I that, that it's great. I mean, I read it. It's it's really a super guide. So you get you get this idea. Um, you try to figure out how much you can charge, and that's one of the biggest things you talk about that that people have a problem with. Um, how do you have any suggestions on you know how do you how, how do you go about that? Oh, so there's plenty of websites out there that help you um, understand what people are charging for services. And so if you do a Google search and um, you can find what industries are charging either hourly rates, if you're a freelance writer, there's plenty of websites out there that talk about that. Um, If you are, there's also ones for art. Um, for artists and almost every industry has them. The other place that you can find salary information or what people charge for services that they provide is on Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's plenty of resources. And that's one of the great things about freelancing in 2019 um, or in the 21st century is that every resource that we need is right at our fingertips mm-hmm. through the internet. So you can you can find that now when you when you start this this pricing, um, and you're first starting out. I mean, you don't want to underprice yourself, but you don't want to overprice yourself. I mean, even if you have a lot of experience, you have any suggestions on that? Um, so if you go to places where gig economy um, like Upwork.com and FlexJobs and um, the and Guru.com, you can get an idea in Fiverr. 
uh, with two R's at the end, you can get an idea of what other people are charging. But what I would keep in mind as you look at what other people are charging is where is that person located, number Uh one, Mm -hmm. Um, and where do you live and where do you want to work? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I bring this up is because you will you will find jobs like on guru.com, for example, that somebody's looking for another human being to ghost write a book for them. But they want to pay 250 American dollars to a ghostwriter of a whole book, which mm-hmm. to me living in California, that seems so absurd that anyone mm-hmm. would ever agree to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> for that little amount of money, right? But if you really think about it, there's plenty of people in the world where $250 to them is a whole lot of money and maybe more than their family makes in a month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And they are willing to, those people are willing to tackle these jobs that, you know, me living in the United States, I couldn't afford to take all the time that it would take to write a book for $250. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so there's finding the balance between all of that. Like Mm -hmm. where, where do you want to get your work from? who do you want to collaborate with and where do I live that is going to, pr- and the money that I need to charge, what's going to give me a livable wage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really today in this global economy from the consumer side, as well as, as, as the business offer side, um, we really have reached to potential clients or potential connections all over the world. So you can, you, I, I think it's a really good point is to, you know, when you look at prices to see where somebody's located and see how much they're charging and, and what the rate is for that area. But when we talk about that, Jill, and we're talking about this potential reach, okay, what, what are the best strategies for freelancers to, to find business connections and potential clients? Um, so, like I said, it depends on what kind of freelance business you have. But um, and I mentioned, I just mentioned some of the websites where it's easy to find clients on, um, and people that are because people put notices saying I'm looking for someone to do X, and this is my price range, and then they accept proposals. Um, so, like Upwork, FlexJobs, Fiverr. There's a bunch of freelancer websites. Um, depending on the industries that you're in. Um, And then also I'm a big fan of using LinkedIn in this way. And LinkedIn has a, they actually have a job board that people in your local area um, post that they want to work with a human being in their local area, either virtually or in person or a combination of both. And this is the task that they need done. Um, and then you submit a proposal about how much your rates are and everything, and they get back to you with whether they want to work with you or not. Um, so, and you know, LinkedIn's worldwide, and um, that particular function for LinkedIn is only local, but mm-hmm. it's a good way to find clients in your local area. There's also um, very specific groups on Facebook and. LinkedIn also has some, but on social media that are set up to be professional groups and they call them closed groups or Mm -hmm. secret groups. And you can join these groups and um, they help you connect with people all over the world. Like, for example, I'm a member of uh, one group of women and non-binary writers that has over 48,000 members worldwide. And we post 
all the jobs that we see on there or calls for submissions from major magazines. Like, uh, for example, at the end of last year, I started writing for Architectural Digest. Mm -hmm. And I got that gig because um, the editor of Architectural Digest posted uh, to the group that she needed a specific, you know, writers in five different cities named exactly specifically what the city was and then said, pitch me the ideas and why you're the best person to cover this. And I ended up getting hired to write for Architectural Digest out of that. Um, So these kinds of groups help you network. They help you find clients. um, They help you find collaborators if you're looking for collaborators for projects. Uh, And, you know, I think that that, those are really good ways to start your journey and to find what you need. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a lot of resources out there is what you're saying. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and, but, but of course, you know, it, t- it takes a lot of work also. And this is, yeah. you know, this, this is one thing I, I, I want to touch on because, um, I, you know, I've run into people who say, oh yeah, I want to freelance or I want to start my own business. <gasps> and I, I think sometimes people don't understand how much work it is really to get off the ground. Um, do you have any suggestions? I mean, do, are you seeing that at all? Or do you, um, uh, I, I you have seeing, conversa- conversations with people? That. Yeah. yeah. And it, so my advice to, to people who have full-time day jobs already and that think they want to start something is to, try try it at first by keeping your full-time day job or mm-hmm. going to like maybe 75% of your full-time day job and then devote the other 25% if you can to your new venture to see if it really fits your personality <laughs> because I, I think a lot of times we have these ideas that oh I'd really love to do xyz but then you know once we get into it maybe it's not so much what we think and you know and 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 I've taken courses in things where I thought, oh, I'd always love to do this. And beekeeping was one of them, for example. <laughs> and and I took this course and I thought, oh, my gosh, beekeeping is serious amount of work, like really high maintenance. <laughs> um, and I didn't enjoy it at all. So, so I think that getting your feet wet and just trying something on the side and giving ourselves the, the option to do that and potentially um, – potentially succeed or fail, right, and decide if we like it is one of the ways that you can get into this and and really get a handle on how much work it takes mm-hmm. to be your own boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and it is, and I've done the same thing, dipped my toe into something and then said, oh, no, this really isn't for me. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's a great advice to kind of start it on the, um, start it on, on the side and, and, you know, keep your job and test it out. What, let me ask you, um, we're going to take a break in a few minutes, but right before the break, what, what's the, is there one mistake that you see that when people go into freelance, sometimes they make over and over again, um, or, or one or two things that people should avoid? Yeah. Um, the thing that I see most often, um, and I, this isn't only just a me thing. This is, there's actually one of the case studies in my book from Kristen Gill, um, who's a photographer and a travel writer. She comments on this too, is the fact that when you're just starting out, sometimes 
people think that, oh, I should do some work for free or I should have really, really discounted rates so that people will use me. And what that actually does is sends out this message kind of to the universe and to business people that what you're doing has little value. Mm-hmm. And so it's one thing if you want to donate your time to one particular pet project and juice one thing pro bono per year, but really don't don't use your skills and your talents and your business basically to do things for free or mm-hmm. for really discounted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's really great advice, um, and I, I've I've seen people do that too because it kind of undervalues yourself. And um, Jill, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break now. Okay. And um, when we come back, I, I want to just I have a couple more questions on what to do to become a freelancer and and how you change freelancing into a business, um, or do you have to do that from the beginning? And then I want to talk a little bit about some of the social impacts this this whole thing is having on our our employment ecosystem. And for our speak for our listeners, we're speaking with Jill L. Ferguson. She's an award winning writer, artist, um, business consultant, a serial entrepreneur, a former professor, has all kinds of talents, and she's the author of eight books and has written for Washington Post, Huffington Post, and more than two hundred other magazines and newspapers and websites. And today we're talking to her about her most recent book, Creating a Freelance Career, and the challenges that brings with us and the trends that are happening in our workforce. You can reach her at jillferguson.com, her website. You can get her on LinkedIn and Facebook under Jill L. Ferguson and on Twitter under J.L. Ferguson. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel, and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America Business Station. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're speaking with Jill L. Ferguson, award-winning writer, artist, business consultant, entrepreneur and professor, and she's the author of eight books and has written for the Washington Post, Huffington Post, and 200 other magazines and newspapers and websites. And we're talking with Jill today about her most recent book, Creating a Freelance Career. And we've talked, Jill, um, before before the break, we, we talked a little bit about um, you know the trends, and then we talked about how you go into a, how you go into a freelance career. Um, and I asked you what you see was kind of the biggest mistake people make, and you said, you know, don't do anything for free. Okay, <laughs> you know. Um, but let me just yeah. let me expand on that, or do very little. Let me expand on that for a minute. Um, isn't that kind of hard, especially in some things? I mean, how do you how do you first get your reputation out there when you're starting? Is there any tricks to the trade? Because, you know, some people will say, well, if you do it for nothing, it's pro bono, then they'll know I'm good. But, you know, how, how do you get those first jobs? Um, you get those first jobs by really pitching yourself, right, to um, people who are looking for what you have to offer. Now, whether that means actually cold contacting people or going to the websites that we've talked about that have um, people who are looking for workers in the gig economy and pitching your services to them and showing them a professional um, online presence by having a website in place and maybe samples of your work on the website or re- and having a short list of referrals of people that can speak to the quality of your work, either from your past full-time employment or mm-hmm. current full-time employment if you're doing this as a side hustle. Um, and just be looking professional, right, and the part that you want to project. Um and then you can go to LinkedIn or Upwork or Fiverr or any of these sites and find people who say, you know, I need a copy editor or I need a whatever it is that you're you're offering. Um, and then you write up a little proposal to them and tell them how much you'd charge. And you offer oftentimes to do a 15-minute free phone consultation with them or Skype consultation um, so that they can see you face-to-face or talk to you um, and get an idea about, you know, what the energy feels like, what it would, take, it would be like working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's usually the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And, and Jill, let me ask you a question, because when you said, you know, the 15-minute um, consultation, um, mm-hmm. I, I had kind of this little 
brain bubble here. And I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about sometimes, um, you know, I've seen people who will say, okay, I'll come in and give you the proposal, but if you don't take it, then I'll charge you for it. Because there's a lot of work that goes into those proposals. And, I, and I've heard some freelancers complain, yeah, well, I've done it, but they just stole my ideas and did it in-house or something like that. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to kind of avoid those pitfalls and do they really do they happen you know so your proposal should never share your ideas for what you would do or how you would go about it I mean it it's one thing if you so in freelance writing sometimes you hear that from people like well I sent them a pitch about this and they and it appeared in their magazine with a different writer or whatever and and the but usually the details um, that you put into something should not be quite that specific, that it mm-hmm. would be exactly your idea that you think was stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you're pitching a business, let's say you're, you're um, somebody who wants to or is in tech um, and is a software engineer or something and you want to you wanna do um, either consulting work or you want to actually do coding work for a tech company, you you wouldn't give them that many specifics in there. You would say, you know, you're hiring for XYZ contractor and this is how I fit the bill and, you know, see us working together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Does, did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. It did. That was great because I, I've seen that happen. But I think that's really good for people listening because I think sometimes you know when you when you're starting out, you have a tendency to put too much out. You know, yes. um, also. But well, uh, and the other thing, the other thing that uh, that I've I've seen and I've counseled. I do some business coaching um, for entrepreneurs and self-employed people, and one of the things that I've seen from clients that it, I, I ask them to send me either their pitch letters or their cover letters that they're sending with their resumes. And it it's really kind of astounding to me how much people use their pitch or their cover letter for their resume or their CV to say, I'm this and I'm that. And, and it's all I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. And instead of, if I'm a hiring manager, whether I'm hiring a contractor or an employee, what I want to know is what are you bringing to the company and how much do you know about my company to see if this is a good fit? Mm-hmm. So your le- your letter that you're writing them and, their, and the pitch should show your familiarity with what the company does and um, who the people are that you're addressing the letter to. And then talk about at the last part of it what it is you're offering to help them do because mm-hmm. what they care about it for is you know that old that old what's in it for me right <laughs> it, right exactly it, it's not you your resume or your cv um or your website itself should speak very clearly about what you're capable of you don't need to say that in that in that picture that letter Right, what you're going to deliver, and 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 that's really important now, Jill. Um, and I'm kind of go, kind of shifting back to a little bit about this whole this whole employment ecosystem and the change, especially if you're pitching to corporations, because a, a lot of corporations today are using freelance work um, either to cut costs down or to be more flexible, and so you know it. it, it 
pitching to these monsters is, is sometimes a little bit scary and a little bit difficult. And um, any any suggestions on that when you're you know pitching to these big monsters? Um, you you do it almost like you would do just a one individual company. Um, you you need to make make them understand that you understand who they are and what their needs are and what their priorities are. Um, and, and then explain how you can contribute to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it helps to make the letter sound personal, right? Everybody wants to feel like even the big corporate giants, right? Want people that understand them and understand their culture and care about them. And mm-hmm. so that's what needs to come through in in the letter. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, and that that's one of the you know that's perfect advice because that that is one of the shifts we're seeing um, in this ecosystem with with corporations doing more freelancing. But we're also seeing some other shifts. I'd just like to have your opinion on. Um, I, I've read that. You know, as education gets more expensive, also, and as as especially in the United States, as college is more expensive, a lot of people are, are you know, saying these educational gaps are also, you know, contri- contributing to more freelancing. Are you seeing of then any of that? People saying, "Well, I'm not going to go to college the whole time. I'm going to go directly into freelancing." Um, I I have seen that. The other thing that I've seen is I've seen people start their freelance careers while they're in college. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way to supplement whatever other part-time jobs they have or, or full-time job that they have that's s- helping send them to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my book, as I said before, there's 25 case studies in the book of people, uh, entrepreneurs and self-employed people in all different kinds of occupations. Um, but there's one in particular that is by Becca Bear. Um, who is a video game artist and video game designer. And she um, says in her first-person case study, she went to college and she was studying um, things and realized that she wasn't finding it as fulfilling as doing the artwork on the side. And so she ends up taking time away from college to to, um, create a company um, called Tupelo Honey, and she and her brother created a game called Arcadian Atlas um, that's become very, very popular, and now they've gone on um, to create other games, and Becca's d- um, done all of the artwork for a lot of video games, and she's become very successful doing this. Um, and for her, that made the most sense, and mm-hmm. is to follow her passion. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I do think that there are people that are deciding to follow their passion and go after what they want and not worry about the education thing or use the education thing as a backup plan. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Well, I, I've read I've read a lot of that also, Jill. And I think I think in general, what we talked about in the beginning is is this whole freelance or self employment entrepreneurship. We're really seeing this shift. And you've you've quoted some of the numbers. I quoted some of the numbers that we're seeing in Europe. Um, there really is a, a shift in the in the employment ecosystem. And as we're getting towards the end of the show, I just you know your book is fantastic. I've read it. I I um, suggest to our audience, our listeners, that they pick it up. It's on Amazon. And I'd like to ask you for if you had maybe 
one tip, the biggest tip you could give to somebody who wants to go into freelance, what would that be? Um, to, to treat your freelance work like a job, um, which means set aside specific time to start with it, um, time blocks, even if you're doing it on the side, um, devote so many hours either per day or per week towards your business, um, dress up when you go into your home office, like don't <laughs> go in sweatpants or pajamas or <laughs> yoga clothes and spend all day dressed like that because it's harder for you to psychologically take yourself and your business exactly. seriously. <laughs> you like that. Um, and then to, to understand um, what it takes to run a business. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we talked about ways to find that out. Obviously, reading the book is a great way to get started. And I, I'm happy to consult with anybody that wants to do this. Um, and, you know, and, and then really pour your heart and soul into it because that's what it's going to take to be successful. Yeah, and I think that's great advice to end the show with. And and for our listeners, we've been talking to Jill L. Ferguson, award-winning writer, artist, business consultant, entrepreneur, and professor. She's the author of eight books and has written for Washington Post and Huffington Post and more than 200 other magazines, newspapers, and websites. Please reach out to Jill. Go to her website, jillferguson.com, on LinkedIn under Jill L. Ferguson, also on Facebook under Jill L. Ferguson. And do reach out and buy her book. It is available on Amazon. It's Creating a Freelance Career. Um, And Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And for our listeners, as we wrap up today, Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, as well as CINDA, the Search and Information Association Europe. Global Business Therapy brings you leadership training and consulting. CINDA brings you market research, thought leadership, and conferences in media and digital. CINDA will be holding its annual local comm conference in April in London, and you can register under www.cinda.com or on Eventbrite under Cinda Localcom, uh, Cinda Localcom London. And we're also bringing Localcom to Dubai this year. Um, We're going to be in Dubai on March 6th and 7th, where it will be held at Google's Middle Eastern headquarters. You can get tickets for this event on Eventbrite under Cinda Localcom Dubai. And if you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or at Kimberly at cinda.com visit my website leadershipbeyondborders.net like us on facebook leadership beyond borders ponytail talk contact me kimberly lewis go to our cinda facebook page and tune in to us each week tuesdays at 3 p.m pacific time download us on itunes and google play and contact me And once again, uh, as we close today, welcome to 2019. I hope to be having having you listen to us each Tuesday and download our shows. And once again, Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And our listeners, please order Jill's book on Amazon. And with that, we will hope that you tune in to us next week. Have a good week. Thank you. Thank you. 
you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.